Hello, my holy friends. This is Pastor Sam, and um, as you know, we have been doing drive-in service. This was our second Sunday for Pentecost, and unfortunately, I can't get the audio much better. So please bear with us, and hopefully in the next coming weeks, audio will be better. Blessings abundant. Holy friends in Christ Jesus, we come together now for a quick sermon. Can you believe that? A quick sermon on Pentecost? What is our Lord coming to? Uh, but today, I'd like to give you a couple sections from the book of Acts, chapter 2. It is the Pentecost story that we are all familiar with, but I'd like to just add a little bit. So I'm going to read my scripture and get to it. So I'm going to read from 1 to, should be 17, and I'll explain why I'm only reading that far in a minute. This is the New Revised Standard Version, and this is the coming of the Holy Spirit. Hear these blessed words. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one had heard them speaking in their native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speak, in God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing at the, at, with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, as it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No. This is what is spoken through the prophet Joel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Might I say on this beautiful day in South River as the wind is going, let us not forget that we are talking about living wind right now in our text. It's said for many people that the breeze explains the Holy Spirit. It is something that we don't see with our own eyes, but we see it moving. And it can affect us as we get a cold chill on a winter morning or we get a refreshing breeze after a sunny day of working outside, that nice, relaxing feeling we can have. So as we talk about this, there's a couple points I'm going to go across. I'm going to try to keep this as short as I can because uh, me and three other pastors tried to talk about this and uh, it took us over an hour and we didn't even get done. So there's a lot to take into this story, but this is what I think is important for this time right now. If you recall, last week was Ascension Sunday, and during this Sunday, the disciples watched Jesus ascend into heaven, and it was told to them, stand firm. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Stay here until the Spirit comes. And that's a tough pill to swallow, being in our second week of driving worship. We've had a taste of what is so great, yet we want to keep Movement. Thank you. And we want to keep 
going forward to see, okay, well now we're in cars, but how about we get rid of the cars? How about we get into the sanctuary? How about we just return back to the new normal? But it's not our time yet. But this may help us understand when our time is to move forward. As it says, a violent wind shows up and stirs all the disciples in their room as they are pushed out of that room and are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says it sits as tongues of fire upon their heads. And let's talk about that for a second. Those two symbols, fire and wind. Wind is a little more difficult to talk about, but the version of wind that I'd like to speak of comes from the very beginning of the Bible, from the first chapter of Genesis. We have the world. It is unformed. It is chaotic. It is a void of nothing. And the Spirit of the Lord goes over it, and with the breath of His nose, with the wind of the Spirit, He makes order. He makes life, as He does with Adam. As they're sitting there making a man out of stone or out of mud. And he blows the breath of life into his lungs. And there he is, brought alive by the Spirit. Continuing on, when Moses and them were going through the wilderness, how were they led during the day? By a pillar of clouds as the winds pushed them in the right direction, guiding them and showing them the next step forward. Now, fire is much easier to talk about. As I said, with Moses, we have the fire that brought Moses, the burning bush that had him go and learn who the Lord is. Fire, much like our beautiful sun, is powerful. It's warming. It brings us comfort, but it also purifies. It melts. It destroys. And these disciples were looking for something, perhaps, that they weren't aware of. For you see... For a majority of these speakers and the majority of the Jewish population at this time, they believed that a Messiah was going to come. This Messiah was going to show up with an army of angels, kick the Romans out of Jerusalem, and give them back their promised land. But what they got was very different. They got a rabbi. They got a teacher who wandered around the land growing up in a house of a carpenter or the Greek word of tecton, which may mean just skilled worker. He may have been a carpenter, may have been a foreman for a construction thing. It doesn't really matter. But what matters is he showed how to break the cycle finally. For you see, if the Messiah showed up with violence, it would be met with violence. And the cycle would have never been broken. But Jesus broke that cycle, broke that cycle and shows us how to with love, with mercy, and with forgiveness that was first given to us by our Creator God. So here's the thing about wind and fire. They pushed the disciples out of the building they were in. Sound familiar yet? We were pushed out of the building where we thought we would be. And we would miss this beautiful summer day. We would miss this breeze. We would miss a new way to worship the Lord as it says in the Psalms. Sing to the Lord a new song. Now, the next part I want to mention is you might be wondering why um, Luke goes into this entire section for about three verses. And he talks about all these different places from all over the world. So we have like Crete, we have Pontus, we have Asia Minor, we have um, Egypt, I believe. I should know that, I just don't. But we have Romans and Cyrene, yeah, but Egypt. We have all these places. And it's like, 
it looped us right to sin so that the pastor or the reader would get tongue-tied and not know what we're talking about? No. Because this time at Pentecost was already a festival that they were having. It was the festival of Pentecost. I know, the name is very similar. But it's the idea that this day celebrates when God gave the law to Moses on top of Mount Sinai. But now, as they come together and celebrate, the wind of the Lord is pushing them out of their comfort zone, the disciples, pushing them out of that room they were told to wait, and brings them to a new adventure. People from all over the known world had gathered into that place to celebrate the giving of the law. And here they were, given the fulfillment of the law, which is Jesus the Christ. My friends, what I get out of this is a reversal of something that happened in Genesis. What Pentecost means is order and unity and love in this broken and messed up world that we live in. And frankly, we are blessed to be able to be part of this world. We hear and we're worried, we cry. My heart goes out for all peoples right now, not just for protesters, not just for the police, not just for the town of Indianapolis, but so many places in our country, in our world, where disorder and disharmony reigns. But we know for a fact that in God's kingdom, there is love and there is mercy. And we, as advocates of that kingdom, get to show love where there is harm, get to show mercy where there are grudges. Get to show peace where there is confusion and disorder. Just as he got, just as the disciples do during this time, because the part that I left out from 17 to 21 is Peter doing the exact same thing. Speaking in the language that all of the people know, not just literally with tongues of fire, but also with scripture. The thing that unites all Christians together. The scriptures that we follow. It does not matter if it's written in Spanish or in Chinese, or in Korean, or in Arabic. The words remain the same. The language that God taught us is one that breaks language barriers. Love. And as we look at this group of people, we learn that Peter uses scripture directly to talk to them. And this comes to us from the prophet Joel. This is Joel chapter 2, where it tells us, In the last days I will be, God declares, and I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in this day I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portions of the heavens above, and signs of the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall return to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, in a world of disorder and confusion, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow. Where we sit here and say, well, you know, I call on the name of the Lord, why did I still get sick? I know many people who have called on the name of the Lord. Why are they in distress right now during this time? But here's the magic of God. As he says in the prophet Joel, Portions of heaven will be revealed to those people. Now, for some of us, we're lucky that that's going to be a dream, where we can have a beautiful dream and everything starts to make sense. But for the majority of us, myself included, we don't have God on speakerphone. My name is probably not on God's phone on speed dial, being able to call me and say, hey, Pastor Sam, everything's great, everything's cool. 
Everything's going to be fantastic in 15 days. I don't know that. But what I do know is that just like the disciples, those who follow Jesus the Christ, we have the ability to speak to all peoples of this world, from all different lifestyles, of all different beliefs, of all different nations, countries, and creeds. Because God has taught us the language that goes past all of those things and shows people heaven eternity. And that is love. You don't need to know somebody's language to share with them. You don't need to know somebody's beliefs to apologize or to listen or to pray with them or for them. God has shown us this way in this bountiful way through Pentecost with this breeze that kicks people out of their comfort zone and shows them this vast world where we can make a difference. We are advocates in this world, my friends. And as we go through this world, let us be agents of love and mercy. Let us be agents of the coming kingdom that Christ has promised through what he tells us plainly as day. Love the Lord your God above all else. Trust in him during this time. And love your neighbors as much as you love yourself. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to recognize that in this world. While some of us are at home, stop time with 69 bottles or the bottles of soap you can sanitize or 69 rolls of toilet paper. Some of us only have napkins left, and some of us have nothing at all. It's time for us to be the disciples that Christ has called us to be, to share love with our neighbors, because when we have a little extra, let us share with those who have nothing. Sometimes that's possessions, sometimes that's time, sometimes that's simply a prayer for our loved ones. Amen? Into your home. Okay, no home today, I got it. <laughs> what? Okay. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I thank you so much for this time with one another. I know these services are a little strange. I know they're a little different than what we usually have, but I greatly appreciate your support and your time and just the time of our volunteers and the time for y'all to try something new. Let us continue to try these new things each and every week as we modify and change and try to find how we can bring the glory of God to as many people as possible to hear the word of the Lord. My friends, May the Spirit of the Lord stay with each and every one of you, whether you are traveling across the state, across the country, or across the street to go home. May the Spirit convict you and allow you to continue to hear the still small voice of our Messiah to bring forth love and mercy all throughout this world that is desperate to hear and to feel what it means to be a disciple. Let us be the mouthpieces of Jesus the Christ. Let us share in all that we have in possession, and actions, and deeds, and in thought. And let all God's children say, Amen.